What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Why Not Game podcast. One, two, three, four. Wednesday, my dudes and dudettes. It's me, Benjamin P. And joining me today and every day, DJ. How's it going, my dude? It's good, man. It is good. Um, oh man, getting in a lot of uh, a lot of game time for sure. Obviously, focusing on what we're going to be talking about here in a second. But uh, aside from the video game world, life has been good. Work's keeping me busy, and just got a lot of stuff going on. So running on all, yeah on all cylinders. Yeah, you know. Um, so those that are joining us, this is part two of our discussion on Final Fantasy X. Uh, and if you had the honor and privilege of listening to the previous episode, you know uh, DJ wasn't able to finish the game for last week's episode. True. He promised he was going to get the game finished by today's episode. Um, DJ, would you like to tell everyone uh, if you're a promise breaker or a promise keeper? I am. <laughs> uh, that laugh yeah, has it all. I, have, I I am I am at the precipice, so to speak. Um, we are, of course, recording this on on uh, on Tuesday, so um, Monday night. Just trying to get everything in and realizing I was a little under leveled and a few other things I needed. I was awake until 4.30 a.m. this morning trying to hmm. get to where I'm at. And I got there, and I looked at the clock. I said, all right, I'll try this one time. And that one time. And you got gobsmacked, didn't you? That one time lasted about a good 15 minutes, and then it was curtains. Hey, man, 15 minutes is a long time. It is for a boss fight. Oh, you were talking about a boss fight. My bad. Uh, on different wavelengths there. Um, very cool. Very cool. Happy. Yes. Um, happy that you gave it a try. You know, yeah. so unfortunately, we're not going to be able to talk about everything because DJ has not yet finished the game. Because but I don't suck. worry. Yeah, he does. Um, but that's all right. Um, no. But are we still talking about the same 15 minute thing? I'm very confused right now. Good Lord. So, no, what I was saying is that, you know, we are going to discuss, you know, our last episode, we kind of ended where uh, Seymour had asked Yuna, proposed to Yuna in Guadalajara. And now DJ, you know, I know where he's at. He is right near the end. Um, So we have quite a bit we're going to discuss today. And then on Friday, Friday, we're actually going to release a special episode you know, just so we can wrap this up. And then next Wednesday, we'll be back to our regularly scheduled content. We didn't want to extend this to a third week. So we're just going to, you know, let DJ finish this game uh, tonight, maybe tomorrow, uh, record another episode, giving up, giving us those final thoughts. And yeah, it's going to be awesome. Uh, but we've got some video games to talk about. That's true. Um, because this is the why not game podcast you know as always you are able to find us on twitter at why not game pod you're able to reach out to us via email 
using whynotgamepod at gmail.com. We've gotten quite a few suggestions on games to cover, and we've definitely implemented them into our schedule in the future. If you have a game you'd like us to play and to talk about, let us know because we're more than happy to do it. Hopefully DJ doesn't take, you know, a month and a half to finish a game. Um, uh, anyway, I'm just saying, I'm just saying <laughs> you threw off our whole schedule, making us have to do this two in a row. But I will say while you're very behind in the games we've played or we need to play, I am very ahead. So, I mean, I'm feeling good. I'm sitting pretty. So if anything happens, you know, maybe I'll do a solo episode one day, kind of like Star Wars did, but then they weren't happy with it. And so they didn't do any more. Get it? True. Yes. Solo. A solo story. Is that what it was called? Solo story? As a solo. And then it was a Star Wars story. story. Yeah, but it was about Han Solo. Yeah. Yeah. San Holo. All right, enough about Star Wars. Let's go ahead and jump back into this. So if you're curious about the numbers of Final Fantasy X, listen to part one. Because why would you ever listen to part two without listening to part one in the first place? True. You're setting yourself up for failure. Um, So last thing we discussed, you know, we were talking about the characters, the main party. We've got Titus, Yuna, Waka, Lulu, Orin, Riku, Kimari, and... You know, as we mentioned earlier, uh, DJ, where he was at in the last episode, yes. he had just got to Guadalajara. Seymour, Maester Seymour, had proposed to Yuna. All right, so DJ, I want you to kind of give us a run through of what has happened since then. All right. Well, here we go, boys and girls. So after the initial proposal, of course, you know, our whole main group is in shock. They don't know what to think. They're all wanting Yuna to say no. Um, you know, the justification here for the proposal is that when they're united, they can come together and defeat Sin, which just a quick recap here. Sin is the name of the main antagonist in this in this game here. Um, it's just, well, it's basically a giant creature, but it is... Looks like a whale. Yeah, it does. It does look like a whale. That's true. Um, but it's basically the the world's punishment for the wrongs that they've done is is how it's justified here in the game. But anyway, so their hope is to by joining Seymour and Yuna together that you know it'll make all of their little nation world happy. And then, you know, that could in turn have their powers come in to defeat sin. Um, Once you get to this point in the game, so far everything's been kind of mellow-ish. You've had a few, you know, intense boss fights here and there. You've had some fun riding chocobos and doing all this other stuff. But once you get to this part and you end up leaving uh, Guado Salam, the game kicks into overdrive. Very quickly, no pun intended, that it because does. overdrive is the strongest move that a character can use in a um, in a fight. But uh, but yeah, the game definitely goes into high gear. Um, so much happens in such a short span of time, where you end up fighting Seymour um, because. 
Yuna and some others found out that, you know, he did some things that he should not have done. Um, he killed his father. Killed his father. This is true. Um, which, you know, in turn is very frowned upon, obviously. But no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just in the just in the world of Final Fantasy X. Yeah, no. You know, no. everywhere else it's it's a okay to kill your father. No. But in this universe, you know, definitely don't kill your dad. <laughs> and we'll get back into that part here in a minute. Um or we might have to save Ooh. that for part three. We'll see. But um but anyway. So basically Seymour is is out to try to take ultimate power. Um, he's out to basically do everything in 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 him to basically take control of sin, to become sin, and to bring nothing but death and destruction onto their world. Of course, in his eyes, it's it's not death and destruction. It's you know bringing bringing people at peace it's kind of it's very much a twisted mentality because in his mind you know death will bring you peace and it will make you happy and you'll no mm. longer be alive and suffering and sorrowful so very very twisted kind of mindset there but um but if you think about it you know it's kind of it's kind of like with thanos you know he wanted to bring balance to the universe true and so to him, his goal was, you know, it wasn't just like this self-serving goal. It truly was a goal for the people because he thought that this would be what's best for the people. Right, right. And, you know, Thanos, for example, you know, while it might be crazy to think that snapping your finger, eliminating half the population, but what good would that do? My goodness, that's terrible for me to say, but what good would that do? You know, that would do incredible good for certain things. That would also do incredible bad, you know? It's it's kind of like that. I'm just saying. The twisted mentality, I understand that it is twisted, but I can also understand, like, reasoning behind it. Right. Magical. But I do want to I do want to <laughs> jump back a second. Sure. Uh, because you kind of jump right ahead to, you know, Seymour's end goal, but you know when we first fight him in uh, the Makalania Temple, at that time we don't know that that is his goal, right? That's we don't true. necessarily know that his goal is to you know become sin because at that point in the story we don't even know what, like what that means, right? Now, yes, Orin has told us, you know, Orin has shared with us that. And we kind of didn't go into the backstory of some of these characters. So Yuna's dad is Braska, and he is the high summoner Braska, which means he actually fought and defeated Sen, which we did talk about. But his guardians, kind of like how Yuna has a bunch of guardians with the rest of the party members, you know, Titus, Lulu, Waka, Kimari, Riku, Orin. Braska's guardians were Orin and a man named Jekt. Now, if you remember, we mentioned that our main character, Titus, was transported to this different world by Sin. But Jekt, who was Braska's guardian, is actually Titus's father. 
And that's kind of something that's very important. And it kind of sticks out from the very beginning, you know, uh, in the very opening parts of the game, when you're in Xanarkand, after you've signed autographs, as you're walking to the Blitzball Stadium, you'll hear over like the, as you're walking, it's like a radio show talking about the day that Jekt disappeared. You know, and then talking about how now his son is about to compete in this Blitzball game. And so since the beginning, there's kind of been this dynamic between Jekt and Titus. Now, Titus absolutely hates his father. And to those that have played the game, understand why. You know, he, a lot of people would see him probably as an abusive father. Um, You know, always you know, kind of pushing him too far, you know, calling him, you know, like a crybaby, things like that. Um, but then also, you know, to Titus's knowledge, his dad died 10 years ago because he just disappeared. He never came back. Um, and so that caused a lot of pain for him. But somehow, Jekt also was transported, transformed, trans whatever, to Spira from Xanarkin and was a guardian for Jekt or was a guardian. Jekt was a guardian for Braska. And so they went and they defeated sin. And Oren tells us that Jekt is sin. And me personally, I remember playing this game when they said that I was like, wait, what, you know, what are, what were your thoughts when, when you heard Oren say that to Titus? Yeah, the very, <clears throat> excuse me, the um, the very first time I heard that, I was I was confused. I was like, well, how how is that? His dad did something, you know, and instantly my wheels started turning. Okay, did something happen? Did you know? Was there maybe like a spell cast on him? Was was he you know eaten by this thing and was just absorbed? I'm like you know just running through all the Jonah and the whale over here, kind of yeah, minus <laughs> the getting spit back up part. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean it's just a lot of a lot of different thoughts ran through my mind, and then of course there's always the thought of surely not that can't be true. I wonder if he's just saying that to get him on board to help their journey. You know, just right. So many different things. Yeah, I mean, personally, you know, that was something that really took me aback. Like, I wasn't, one, I didn't really think that, you know, Sin was anything other than just, you know, this monster. And from from the beginning, you know, we learn that, as you were saying, Sin is kind of like their punishment for things done in the past. And it just seemed, you know, so interesting. And then when they, they give us this, you know, big nugget of information that, you know, Jekt is sin, but then Oren's very particular to make sure Titus doesn't tell people that like, right. J- Oren doesn't want Titus to tell Yuna because then Yuna might say, okay, well, I don't want to go on with my pilgrimage because I don't want to kill your father in a way of speaking, you know? True. And we don't really figure out what that means as far as Jekt being sin until much later in the game. Right. But that was kind of like a revelation. And so back to this whole Seymour thing, you know, how you mentioned that Seymour wanted to become sin. You know, we're going to we're going to pause that and come back to that in just a moment. Yes. 
But right now, you know, when we first fight Seymour, we realize that, you know, the main reason we're fighting now is because we're trying to turn him in for killing his father. Yes. And so he's like, no, you're not. I'm going to fight you. Uh, we end up killing him. You know, we end up defeating him in battle. Um, the Guado um, are after us. They're thinking that we killed the Maester. They're kind of not really. It seems like they don't care that he killed his father. Um, in fact, it actually seems like they knew he killed his father. Yes. Um, and so essentially, you know, the Guado are, are, are chasing after our party. Uh, we, we escape and, you know, we're, we're kind of sin approaches and appears somehow. And now we're like underneath Lake Makalania. Sin comes by again. And somehow we find ourselves in this desert. We find ourselves in this desert. Our party is kind of separated and it turns out we are actually at a place called home. And home is kind of like the hub where all the Albed are located. And we, we traverse through this desert. We re recollect our party members. The only one we don't have is Yuna. We're looking for Yuna. Where could Yuna be? You know, Riku being Albed, she kind of understands the lay of the land. She leads us to the direction of where we need to go. So we're no longer stranded, wandered in the desert. And when we get to home, we realize that it is actually under attack by the Guado. The Guado are here at home attacking it, trying to, again, find Yuna. And throughout the story, something, again, we haven't really mentioned, but throughout the story, the Albed have been trying to stop the summoners from continuing their pilgrimage. You know, back in Luka, during the Blitzball tournament, you know, the Albed Sykes kidnapped Yuna and was asking them to forfeit the match. You know, and we thought that, okay, they just wanted us to forfeit the match. That's why they kidnapped Yuna. But then a little later on, um, Riku, before she joins our party, actually attacks uh, Yuna, you know, while we're riding the shoe puff across the moon flow. And, you know, we, de we defeat the the Machina that she she's within. And continue our journey with Yuna and Riku joins the journey as well because she recognizes that, you know, Titus and decides to join. Now throughout this whole time, Riku is trying to get Yuna to stop her pilgrimage. And we're not really sure why she's wanting us to stop the pilgrimage, you know, but then when we're in, you know, home, we finally understand the reason why, you know, the Albed are trying to stop the summoners from doing their pilgrimage. Uh, DJ, can you can you fill them in? What, why is it? All right. Well, they are trying to stop the um, the summoners' progress in their pilgrimage because it is now known to us players as well um, that the end of the pilgrimage when they go to summon what's known as the final aeon which is supposed to be this all-powerful being to help them defeat sin now they realize that in turn when summoning this final aeon they will defeat sin but it also means sacrificing their own life as a summoner as well 
And as soon as as soon as that's made known, red flags go up everywhere. Especially especially with Titus. He's completely against it. He doesn't want her to keep going. Blah blah blah. He's in love with her. We'll get to that in just a minute. Um <laughs> but uh but yeah, that's the big reason there is why. And not only that, it's right around this time or shortly before this time, we actually find out that Yuna and Riku are related. Uh they are cousins. Yeah. Yuna is half Albed. Which I wonder if that explains the fact that she has two different colored eyes, which is really cool. I just wanted to throw that in there. She's got one blue and one green. Yeah, you know, it actually does because if you recall, when Riku first joins the party, I believe it's Lulu. No, I think it's Orin who asks her to open her eyes because she's keeping her eyes closed. Riku is. And when she opens her eyes, he's like, hmm, I knew it. You know, kind of like like the eyes are something uh, that those would know could, you know, that's how you could tell if someone is out bad or not. Now, that could just be me guessing or that could be real. Um, but it is interesting. We don't know a lot about Yuna's mother in this story. The only thing we really know is that she's out bad. Yes. Um, and I know that there are certain items that you can pick up along the way. Um, and we're going to we're going to talk about that either today or in our part three when we talk about some of the, you know, the the end game type of situations, type of things you can get. Um, I know there's certain items that show, you know, images of the past, clips of the past. I, I don't I don't think there's much, if any, that have to do with Yuna's mom. And so, you know, the fact that we find out that she is Albed and that she's actually, you know, related to Riku. It's pretty cool. You know, we hear a lot about her father. Her father's a celebrity. It's high summer Nebraska. Um, and so just hearing the other side of the story with the mom, I think that's pretty cool. Right. But yes, I do. As know, you just said a moment ago, I'll right. continue further. Uh, yes. Sorry. Uh, I do know in one of the, in one of the flashbacks, um, when, Braska is actually talking. He's addressing Yuna in the little video. He does. He does min- briefly mention, you know, either something along the lines of when you get older, protect your mother, or I hope you turn out to be like your mother. Something, something along those lines. He briefly, briefly mentions her like that, but I don't think they actually go into any major, major detail. If they do, I missed it. So, I'm not going to lie to you, Dave. I just typed in Google, is Yuna's mom dead? And, you know, of course, the first thing that comes up is finalfantasy.fandom.com. I haven't even clicked on it. But it says, Yuna was four years old when her mother died in an attack from sin during her journey to the Albed home to repair her relationship with her brother, Sid. Her death established Braska's resolve to become a summoner and defeat Sin. Huh. Maybe that was mentioned in the in the game. Wow. Very cool. You didn't even know that. You know, I didn't. Wow. I didn't. That's interesting. Um, but back to it, you know, when we find out, because that was kind of a, a big thing. Um, they were kind of foreshadowing this throughout 
you know, when some of the party members would say certain things, it was alluding to the fact that, you know, Yuna isn't going to see these places again. Yuna is kind of saying her goodbyes to these places when she leaves, because if she finishes her pilgrimage, her, her pilgrimage and summons the final Aeon, she knows she's going to die. The rest of the guardians know she is going to die. The only one in this scenario that doesn't realize that is Titus. Titus. And, you know, when he figures that out, when that finally clicks for him, you know, his attitude completely changes because he's always been like, you know, yeah, we'll do this together after we defeat sin. Yeah, let's go defeat sin and then we can do this. We can do that. But now he realizes that that's not the case. If they defeat sin, there is no more Yuna. And he is also on board to stop the pilgrimage, which I mean, that makes sense. You know, you grow a bond with someone and then you realize that their whole goal is to just die. Yep. That's crazy. Yeah, it's a lot. It is definitely a lot for for somebody to take in. So we're at home, which again is the home of the Albed. And we notice that some of the other summoners that we've encountered throughout this journey, um, Isaru, Donna, uh, they're here um, because they're also, you know, again, the Albed are trying to stop the summoners from completing their pilgrimage. Lo and behold, you know, the Guado are attacking home like crazy. And so the leader of home and Riku, which is happens to be Riku's father, actually has an airship, loads everyone up into the airship, and you all take off. And you take off because you realize that Yuna has been captured by the Guado. And so you take off, and you know, Sid makes the call to do the unthinkable and to stop the Guado from continuing to attack they decide to completely blow up their own home because they're, it was, it was under siege, you know, it was being overtaken. So they're like, we're not going to stand for that. We're going to blow this up. And that's what they do. Yep. And so we're in the airship, you know, we're figuring out what are we going to do? We got to find Yuna. And so somehow we locate Yuna and she is in the capital city of Bavel. I don't know if it's actually the capital city. It definitely seems like the capital city because everything's always corrupt in the capital city. Is that the palace? Um, the palace. Okay. So then, you know, as we're on this airship, we're getting close to this, the capital city of Bavel. And, you know, there's the, the protector of Bavel. I think it's like El Evray. Is it Evray? Evray, Yes. Evray. So DJ, tell us about Evray. I heard that was like your favorite boss fight. Oh my gosh. I wanted to jump through my TV and punch it in the head. Um, <laughs> it, excuse me. It was a pain in the butt. This boss. Oh my gosh. It tormented me so many times. I, I lost track of how many times I had to restart it. And then the first time I beat it, the first time I beat it, we end up dropping into Bavel. 
And now nine times out of which, 10, by the way, which by the way, Yuna is currently with Seymour, who we killed in a wedding true. dress. Yes, this is true. Big, big thing there. So nine times out of ten in this game, after a boss fight, you get to save your progress. Not this time. You instantly get thrown into more fights. So you have to be prepared to heal your party members, do what you have to do there. And about four fights in, I'm, I forget to heal in between fights. Cause it's like you take a few steps and you're ambushed, take a few steps, ambushed, forgot to heal after that one fight. And next thing I know it's game over. So I have to do the man, whole oh entire stupid boss fight one more time. Thankfully, this time I beat it on my first attempt, and we were good. But yeah, I did not like that. Yeah, boss. no, it was it was so bad that I FaceTimed you, and I was like, "I want you to hold me up to where I can see the screen, and I'm going to tell you what to do." And that's when I found out that DJ was super underleveled. I was. And I think that's probably the reason why he's still not beating the game. Although, you know, we'll get to this later. You know, there was one boss in particular that I I thought he was going to struggle with hardcore. Uh, because even me, who's, you know, I've played this game multiple times. I know the strategies. I know, you know, different things you can take. I, I think it took me over 10 tries to beat this boss. And we'll get to them in a second. And he's like, yeah, I beat it on my second try. Darn right. Oh, well, look at you. Um, yeah, so you fight Evray, and then you drop down. Yuna's currently in this wedding ceremony with Seymour. We fight our way up to the top of, of the of the, the, know, tower. the stairs, the chapel, whatever it is. Um, and Yuna's like, no, I'm going to jump out the jump off the roof. And I'm like, okay, you know. If her whole goal in this game is to just go die, she's just like, I'm going to end it right now. Um, There you go. So, you know, I I respect it. You know, enough's enough. Um, Just kidding. You know, if you have those thoughts, seek help, talk to someone. Just do that. You matter. Um, But actually, when she jumps down, she summons her Aeon who actually flies her away. She flies to the cloister of trials to where she can pray to the faith and gain a new summon. Yes. Which I have to say, Bahamut. Oh yeah. Or daddy, as I like to call him (laughs) is a great summon. You know, it's interesting because there are, you know, the secret aeons that you can unlock that aren't necessarily a part of the story. But if you only have Bahamut and you don't go for those secret aeons that are obviously very powerful because they're secret aeons, Bahamut is good, man. Oh, yeah. He's 100%. good. He was definitely, you know, my go-to um, for, for quite some time. But we, we, we go through this cloister of trials and I have to say, I absolutely hate Bavel's Cloister of Trials. That's it the is one such an annoying 
Is that the one where you're riding on like the little escalator thing and you have to turn yes. left and right? Yeah, I hated that. I had to use a, because it's like <laughs> had to use a guide for that one. It's just even you could just like oh it it didn't time right. Like there were times where you have to literally fall off the world and redo it like three times before the timing just lines up to where you're able to yeah. go the way you want to go, and it was so frustrating. So that frustrating. But eventually, you know, we come out of the, the Cloister of Trials, and obviously the guards are there. They arrest us. They put us on trial. And, you know, they say that we have committed crimes against Yevon. Um, and we weren't sentenced to death, but we were sentenced to the Via Purifico, um, which you soon find out that no one has ever, you know, gotten out of there alive. And rightfully but so. But of course... Yeah, you know, it was it was it was a time and a half. It was a time and a half going through that, you know. You start out and it's the first time in the game that you are playing as Yuna. You know, fun little yep. thing. You get to play as Yuna, but that also means that you have an enemy encounter and you just have Yuna in your party. If all you've done with Yuna is, you know, learn some white magic spells, learn how to cure, you're definitely going to want to escape from that fight because it is not going to be easy. Uh, eventually, you know, you find some other party members. You find Lulu, Kimari, um, Oren. And, you know, eventually as you're making your way out, you run into one of those summoners I mentioned earlier, Isaru. And he realizes or he was told that he was here to make sure the criminal, you know, does not escape. And when he sees that it was Yuna... You know, he he kind of hesitates, but then he also doesn't hesitate. And he's like, I can't let you pass. So we actually have to do this like Aeon versus Aeon battle, which is pretty fun. You know, we've had some of those in the past with Belgamine, I think is her name. Um, we'll Belgamine, Belgamine, one of the two. Yeah. Um, and so it was kind of cool being able to just go like mano a mano with our Aeons. Um, and so you you had to do that, and then eventually, you know, it transitions over to uh, Titus, Waka, and Riku. And for some reason, they're like the underwater group, I guess because they play Blitzball, and I don't really know Riku's excuse. Um, but they're they're underwater, they're swimming, um, and then you fight kind of like Evray again, except it's like zombie version Evray. So maybe it is just Evray, but now dead Evray because we killed Evray. You think that or no? Um, possibly. I know it had a different. I'm going to go with in it. front of Evray, but but either way, it was a zombie, and it was a very very easy fight if you know how to handle zombies in a Final Fantasy game. Yeah, you know, you just throw some some X potions on that bad boy, and it loses health instead of gains it. That's true. X potions and easy Phoenix downs. An easy uh, two turn win there. Yep. But we go through that, and as we're coming out, you know, our the big thing is, I thought we killed Seymour. How is he still alive? Like, how was Yuna, you know, able, or how was he able to try and, like, marry Yuna here? And, and that's when we kind of realized that, you know, kind of like how his father was kind of escaping the far plane to tell 
them what his son had done. You know, and and you know, David thinks that Oren is dead. Um, yep. He he mentioned that in yesterday's episode, last week's episode, last week, yesterday. It's all the same. That's true. It's, it's in all the, past. the same. Exactly. But Seymour, you know, it's kind of like he has the will to continue to stay on this plane. You know, he he hasn't been sent, and something we learn early on. And one of the most beautiful scenes and heartbreaking scenes in the game is when you get to uh, Kilika and Sin has just attacked and then Yuna performs the very first sending of the game. And, you know, you learn that that is when, you know, the souls of the dead go to the far plane. A summoner sends the souls to the dead to the far plane. And so Seymour hasn't been sent. So his soul has not been sent to the far plane. But he also has this will to go on. And so that's something that they mentioned at the Far Plane when Lord Jiskel came out. You know, he has something holding him back to this real world. And so Seymour, you know, David already kind of spoiled what his will is, is he wants to be all powerful. He wants to be um, the bringer of death. He literally like says that. But then you, as you're going through, you realize that not only is Seymour dead, but the leader of the entire like Spira, so Maester Micah, is also dead. And he's been dead. But he is continuing to serve his duties. And they say that a wise, like it's like a wise dead man is better than an alive person. I don't know what he said, but it was interesting because they would rather future be led by a dead man. And no one really knew that. Right. So like Seymour being dead wasn't a big deal. In fact, they also knew that Seymour killed his father. Yes. So then you have all this kind of, like I said, you know, it's the capital city. Everything's corrupt in the capital city. All this corruption happening within, um, within Bevel, within uh, the, the maesters. Um, and, and Waka, who is like the most devout of devout followers of Yevon, and he he's always upholding the teachings, talking about you shouldn't use machina, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that, you know. He is mind blown. He can't understand why this is happening. But lo and behold, you know, we find all this out. And as we escape the prison, you know, the Via Perifico, we actually see Seymour again. And Seymour kills one of the other maesters, Maester Keenock. He just kills him right there in front of him, throws him. Gone. And boom, just like that. And we actually have to fight Seymour once again. Once again, the second fight with Seymour. DJ, how did you feel about the second fight with uh, Seymour? Uh, the second one wasn't that bad. Yeah, one bad? Wasn't. I'm trying to remember which one that one was. I know the first one was easy. Um, yeah, the first one was easy. The first one was really cool because he summoned Anima. Yeah. And that was that was interesting to fight. The second one was 
uh, on the bridge in Bavel. It's where you were doing all that grinding. Oh yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that one. Yeah, it gave me it gave me a little bit of trouble. I was getting the fights mixed up, but yes, yeah, it gave me a little trouble. Not. Uh, I'm trying to remember if that was worse than the stupid bird. Um, <laughs> either way. I definitely had to put in some extra hard work there to get past that part. But what uh, bird? That little dragon thing you fight in Bavel that. Well, hold on, hold on. Break. A dragon is not a bird. Whatever it is, it flies. So hold on. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that everything. But no, I I honestly don't think it took me that many tries on the second Seymour fight. Maybe four or five tops. And then, and then I was good nice. there. Very nice, very nice. So fast forward, a lot happens. You know, Yuna and Titus confess their love for each other. Yes. And now they're fleeing the capital. And we find out that we're not far from Xanarkand at all. You know, we've kind of left civilization. And we're in this place known as the Calm Lands. Calmlands is where things really start to open up. You know, the Calmlands is a place where you kind of are able to start doing some of that in-game activities. You know, a lot of side activities open up for us here. Um, you know, you can ride a chocobo. You can now capture fiends and go to the to the to the fiend, the monster arena. Mm-hmm. capture fiends um which that is that's a time and a half and we're going to talk about both of those things more uh on friday in our part three but we go through the calm lands you know we we traverse through there there's a secret passage we can go to but i want to save that and talk about that on part three because we're, we're nearing where we're going to be ending this this part um and we make it to uh, Mount Gagazet. And Mount Gagazet is is the home of the Ronso. Kimari. And as you know, Kimari is a Ronso and also a sexy furry. But <laughs> as part of the Ronso, you know, they are aware of Yuna's crimes. Right? They they are they know that Yuna, you know, is you know, accused of being this bad person for attacking Seymour, killing Seymour, so on and so forth. However, you know, Yuna and her party members are able to talk to the Ronso and kind of gain their favor uh, to traverse Mount Gagazet because on the other side of Mount Gagazet is the location of where they are going to perform the final summoning, the final faith, and that is Xanarkand. Yes, the same Xanarkand that Titus came from. However, this Xanarkand is just ruins because it was a city destroyed a thousand years ago. But before we can cross that, you know, we have to convince the Ronso that we're doing this for the right reasons. We're doing this to defeat sin. And so eventually we're able to do that. But in the meantime, we actually have noticed an encounter, you know, with Kamari. Kamari, as as David mentioned in part one, he's kind of like this this quiet giant 
Uh, he doesn't say much. I think his first words aren't until, you know, probably like six hours into the story. But we we see that he has a conflict with these two other Ronso, uh, Biran and Yankee. We first see that in Luca. We see it at other stages throughout the game in Mushroom Rock Road, or maybe not Mushroom Rock. I think it was, I'm not sure which road. I think it's like on the way to the moon flow, something like that. It's not Mushroom Rock, but it's on the way to the moon flow. And, you know, they, they kind of, they kind of butt heads. And when you see Kimari next to our human characters, he is a, you know, like we've said, a big blue giant, like he's huge. But when he's next to the other Ronso, he's actually very small compared to the other Ronso. And a lot of times, you know, when we see Biran and Yankee there, they're making fun of him. Another interesting thing about Kimari is, you know, the Ronso have these horns on their head and Kimari's horn is broken. And so that's another thing that, that they kind of dig at and they dig at with Kimari. And so you get to this spot and you actually have to fight Biran and Yankee as only Kimari. Yep. Settle the conflict and, once and for all. Right. You settle the conflict once and for all. And what's interesting about this fight, and this is something that I think is really cool, but I also have terrible, you know, nightmares of this as well. Is that the stats of Biran and Yankee are relative to what Kimari's stats are. So if you haven't been playing as Kimari, if you haven't leveled Kimari up that much, then Biran and Yankee aren't going to be super tough. So it's not like you're going to get here and get stuck because you haven't used Kimari. Now I will say that the opposite is also true. If you were, you know, a young fourth, fifth grader, and you had a game shark and you had max stats of every character and you got to this fight, then that also means that Baran and Yankee are max stat characters. And what that means is, is that Baran and Yankee have over 1 million HP over a million. Now, Unless you have certain abilities on your weapons, that means the max amount of damage you can do with one single attack is 9,999 damage. So you can imagine that that's going to take quite a while to knock off over a million HP when you're only doing 10,000 a hit. Yep. And, you know... Unfortunately, that is an experience that I had because, of course, who wouldn't want to play this game with max stats? And having a Game Shark, I was able to do that. But now I know that that's not the way to go. Nope. I- I'll never forget. Um, I think it was a Friday night. You know, mom, mom was about to go pick up dinner. She was like, "Do you want to come with me?" And I was like, "No, I'm I'm in the middle of this fight." And I remember crying because of how long it was taking me. Like I was literally in tears because I just wanted it to stop. And this was the day of the PS2. Like there wasn't no rest mode, you know, on the PS4, PS5, where I could just, you know, set it down, come back to it later. It was pretty much beat it now or don't beat it at all. And I would say it took me, I would say it took me definitely over two hours to finally win that fight because it's not like every time I attack, or every turn I get, I'm able to attack. I also have to keep my player healed. You know, I also have to do all this. And so it was a very, very, very trying time for me. But it made me a better pan. Better pan. 
at the end of it. It did indeed. <laughs> but you know, you finally beat That's that awesome. fight against Baran and Yankee. And it's really cool because then all the Ronso, you know, they gather together and they sing the hymn of the faith. And this is one of those special moments in the game where it's like, you know, you're, you're feeling like you're about to accomplish your goal. All we have to do is traverse up this mountain. We have to, you know, summon the final Aeon and defeat Sen. And it's kind of like this beautiful send off that the Ronso were giving us. Um, and, and this is where things get prickly, right? We, we traverse the mountain, but atop the mountain, we're greeted by a blue haired, not hedgehog, but a guado slash human Seymour. Once again, we fought him once we fought him twice, but now Seymour is back. Number and three. this is this is this is where we're going to kind of we're gonna we're gonna talk about this and then we're gonna save the rest for part three on Friday. But Seymour, this is when he reveals, you know, his master plan. He wants to be the final Aeon. He then wants to become Sin. And one thing, you know, that really irks me about this part is you know when he talks to Kamari he said that you know the Ronso threw themselves at him to try and stop him from coming up this mountain so how does it feel to be the last Ronso meaning that this man just killed an entire race of people all of those people that were just singing the hymn of the faith, singing, you know, encouraging us on this journey. After this like beautiful moment we had with them, we learn that Seymour has just slaughtered them. And, you know, this is, I would say, you know, before things definitely took, took a turn. But here specifically, I think is when things get, you know, even darker. Things get even crazier. Right. Because, you know, we fight Seymour. This is a tough fight. You know, a lot of people say it's one of the hardest boss fights in the game. And yeah. I agree. It was it's definitely my hardest Seymour fight. And you know, we get to this pivotal moment and we beat Seymour and, you know, we beat him for, you know, the last time. And so that's, that's kind of, he just killed all those people. Right. And, and we finally defeated him and we're steps away from Xanarkand and we're almost to where we can summon our final Aeon and defeat Sen. Yep. And, and that's we what we're going to do on Friday's episode. Our special episode. Why not defeat sin? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> also, the biggest highlight in this fight, after Kamari learns that his whole entire race has been killed by this evil tyrant, Kamari goes Super Saiyan. <laughs> he does. He does. 
crazy. He turns orange and everything, or gold and everything. Heck yeah. It's wild. That would be cool. You know, it would be. It would be. Would. Maybe if they make a Final Fantasy X remake or something, we can suggest that to the writers. Let's do that. Yeah, we definitely so, need a Final Fantasy X prequel. You know, we're gonna we can we can talk about that for in part three. In part three, we can talk about that. Now, yes. I will say, you know, part three, part three is gonna be gonna be short. You know, we're gonna try and keep it under thirty minutes for part three. We're gonna wrap up the story because we are very close to the end. Um, we could talk about it a little bit more now, but we're trying to trying to keep this under an hour for you. Um, but Seymour, you know. We ended last or last episode. DJ ended with Seymour asking to get married to Yuna. Now we've already killed him three times, and he's killed an entire That's race true. of people. That's true. Um, so this guy sucks. Yes, safe to say. So we um, had him but in the first two parts. Will we have Seymour again in part three? Ooh, will, will we? we or won't we? Dun, dun, dun. But this has been the Why Not Game podcast. We appreciate you for listening and showing your support. Thank you for sticking with us for part two of Final Fantasy X. Uh, again, part three is going to be, be released on Friday, so be on the lookout for that. And then next Wednesday, we have another regularly scheduled show of a game that is a classic. It's very classic and big classic. Probably one of the, one of the highest rated games that I think we've ever played. Um, it's on like a lot of people's, you know, top list of all time, like a hundred best games of all time, like in the top five on most of those. Um, so we're definitely going to be going to be doing that. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what it is. I'm going to tell you what it is on Friday's episode. So you'll have to stick yes. around and listen to that if you want to know. Uh, but again, thanks for tuning in. DJ, any final words, final thoughts? Um, definitely. If you have never played this game, I you should give it a shot. Oh, are you talking about Final Fantasy X? I am. Yeah, that, that brings me back to to something else. Before we sign off, last week you said you would give it a 6 out of 10. Where are you at right now? Where I'm at right now, uh, definitely realizing that the 6 is underrated. Um, this game, uh, it, it all depends on the player and the strategies you want to take and the paths you want to take and how strong you want to make your characters. Um you know, my mistake early on was being underleveled, trying to just fight the fights I needed to fight and kind of skate through. And yeah, that'll last for a little bit, but uh, not not long. So, with that with that in mind, um, just the whole intensity of the back half of the game after the marriage proposal and uh, and on to where I'm at now, which we'll talk about on Friday. Uh, definitely, definitely so far gonna, gonna bump this thing up to a nine. So, wow. And love to see that. Yep. Yep. And who knows, maybe after these last, uh, few things you got going on, we could, we could see that reach the 10 mark. We could, we could. It's definitely, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking it's possible. I think I'm thinking so. it's possible. think so. Awesome. 
Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, again, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Uh, follow us on Twitter at WhyNotGamePod. And until next time, ask yourself, why not?